Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. We are talking about prayer this month. Um, So last week I shared about liturgical prayer and how praying liturgically or praying the the ancient prayers of our faith has been a real um, a real lifesaver for my prayer life. For the times when I haven't been able to pray, um, I've been able to say my prayers. Uh, at the times when I haven't known what to pray, um, I've been able to pick up some of the the prayers that have been written and held and prayed for centuries, and I've been able to join in you know, the communion of saints in praying those prayers and to somehow find myself in the midst of those words. Um, And this really, I guess, liturgical prayer in in its, I guess, part of its function in our prayer life, if if it's something that gives us life, is that it's kind of like a way of formation. It's a way that instead of um, coming to prayer as a list of requests to God, we actually come to prayer as a way in which our souls are formed into the likeness of of Christ, as we pray words that live in us um, and help us become who we are. So that was what I I shared last, last Sunday and we actually had a little time of just trying out some liturgy and um, seeing how it felt. Some people did that on their own out on the lawn as the sun was setting and some of us did that in here as a group. But it really is just like one, one way of praying that you may or may not find helpful. Um, and today I want to talk about prayer of conversation and the prayer of silence as sort of another two different ways to pray. But instead of, you know, liturgy is really a way of prayer as formation, but these kinds of prayer are much more aligned with the idea of connection, like that prayer is connection to God, that when we pray, we're relationally connecting to the divine. And so these are are two um, other kinds of prayer, other ways of praying um, that we can engage as little little practices or little tools in our, in our spiritual life to help us grow in God. And so as we, have tra- as we travel through this month, really what I'm wanting to do is I'm not teaching you anything you don't already know and I'm probably not speaking about anything you, you don't already practice in some ways in your own spiritual life, but I'm wanting to keep reminding us of um, the goodness of prayer um, and also keep reminding us that there isn't just one way to pray but there are as many ways to pray as there are people in, the, in this room. Like that prayer is something we do, it's an act of faith um, as we um, kind of energise our relationship to God. And I do think like while I'm just talking about some ways of praying across a month, we could talk about prayer for months and months and never really talk about every kind of way of praying. But there are like many, many different ways to pray. You could imagine it as like the goal of or the destination of prayer, the goal of prayer is God, is simply God. That as we pray, we're journeying towards God. 
But God is also the way that we get there. God is the path. And not only is God just the path and the destination, he's our fellow pilgrim along the way. And so there's, and there's many different ways to, 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 you know, get towards God, to move towards God. But it's not like God's just out there and somehow prayer is some kind of way that we're attempting to connect. Like God is the way and God is the companion on the way as well. This is some of the things I've discovered to be true about prayer and have become like rich in my life. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about just the prayer of conversation or like the prayer of words, we could say. And then I want to talk about the prayer of silence or the prayer of wordlessness. And in some ways, these are two things that sit on kind of like opposite ends of the personality spectrum. Like there's words and there's wordlessness, there's you know, conversation and there's silence. But in, in a way, they kind of energise one another and, and um, kind of connect. So we're going to start by talking about prayer of conversation. And I want to read a couple of Bible verses and a couple of quotes just to um, lead us into that. So in Exodus 33 and verse 11, it's written, The Eternal spoke with Moses face to face, just as a friend speaks to another friend. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. I have called you friends. Brother Lawrence wrote, There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. And Thomas Merton wrote, Christ has granted us his friendship so that he may in this manner, as a friend, enter our hearts and dwell in them as a personal presence, not as an object, not as a what, but as a who. This is he who is present in the depths of our own being as our friend. I love the capturing of all those words in the sense of like prayer is conversation with a friend. The idea that when we come to prayer, we're coming to God as our ever-present companion, as our indwelling friend, um, the divine presence who just longs to be with us and to hear from, hear from our lips about our life, who just wants to spend time with us the same way that a, a friend would want to spend time with another friend, the way that a friend wants to hear what's going on in your life. This is the God of relationship and connection, the God of intimacy and belonging. This is a God who's up for a good yarn about what's been going on. Um, you know, the God that we can process all of our unfiltered, like, you know, thoughts and rants and, you know, stuff that's going on and stuff that's worrying us and stuff that 
we want to gripe about and the things we're frustrated about, as well as our dreams and our hopes and our desires. This is the God who says, cast all your cares upon me. This is the God who says, pour out your heart like water in my presence. This is the God who wants to be in connection and intimacy and relationship with us. And so he's the God that just wants to, you know, prayer can be an expression of just friendship with God, of conversation, of chit-chat, of, you know, that as we are just going about our daily life, prayer can be just a way in which we stay continually connected to God. When we think about Brother Lawrence, and we looked at, you know, him earlier this year in our contemplative service, he was a monk who... Um, was in the lowest the lowest rank of monks in his monastery and he was basically assigned to kitchen work um, for most of the day he hated kitchen work and he would spend most of his day washing pots and pans cooking the soup for all the monks going to the market and getting the vegetables to make the vegetable soup and he actually never really got the opportunity to go to the proper prayer schedule of the monastery, like where they would meet several times through the day for prayer and worship because he was just busy in the kitchen. And over years and years and years and years of of this kind of life, Brother Lawrence developed a way, he talks about finding God amongst the pots and pans. And so instead of seeing, oh, when you go to the chapel and that's where you pray, that's prayer. Brother Lawrence knew that chopping the onion and peeling the carrot and washing that bloody pan again. That is my prayer. He found God amongst the pots and pans. And it wasn't deep, you know, I I don't imagine it was like amazing prayer. I imagine it was the chit-chat of Brother Lawrence pouring out his heart to God, his frustrations, his hopes, the wish, I wish I was over in the chapel, God, but here I am chopping another onion and God is with me. And he, he just developed this amazing sense of God in the everyday. When we kind of pray in this way, when we engage like, when we engage God in conversation, when we see God as a holy container for all of our kind of the things that are welling up within us, what we're essentially doing is we're activating a kind of faith and a kind of trust that God indeed wants to know us and to be with us. And that prayer is just simply the overflow of that trust that actually God wants to know, God wants to be with. We're kind of reflecting back to God, God's desire for us in our kind of conversations with him. It's sort of, so it's an act of faith because If it wasn't an act of faith, it's just like talking to an imaginary friend. But it's not, is it? It's prayer. But because because it's an act of faith, because we trust that God is listening, because we trust that God is the holy friend that dwells deep within us who wants to know. And we trust that somehow in the pouring out of ourselves in God's presence, that something goes on that connects us to to the divine, to the holy one within us. This is like the prayer of conversation. It is an act of faith and trust in a relational God to whom we belong. And I understand that there are times in our lives where it can feel like, I don't know if, if I can do that kind of prayer because I don't know. I, I, when, when you feel an absence of God in your life, if you have walking through seasons where God seems absent, it's, this is a kind of prayer that can be hard to 
hold on to because it can feel like you're just saying words into the, the ether. And yet, as an act of faith and trust to keep praying a conversational prayer, it, it is engaging the life of God within us. In my own life, um, I, I, have, I find this kind of prayer to be like, in some ways this kind of prayer is like the bread and butter of my, my spiritual life. And, it ha- and, it, and at different times it's become quite essential as the only way I've been able to pray. This was really true um, when I had little kids. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know we, we've got a few babies in the room. We've got lots of people with little kids. And before you have kids, you, you have a lot of time that's essentially your own. Like you get to choose where you drink your morning coffee and if you have any noise associated with that or not. And then you have children and they interrupt every moment possible. And I remember like in that kind of sense of losing um, so much of myself, losing so much of my autonomous time, realising that my prayer life had to radically change, otherwise I would never pray because there just wasn't the time that I used to be able to have in order to connect with God. So all those little connection points that I had prior to kids just completely disappeared. And then occasionally, I am not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination, but occasionally I would feel like, um, well, I, I, I would never set an alarm. This is what I would say. Occasionally I woke up early and I would think, I'll get up and pray, you know. That, and so I would do that. But guess who would also hear me walking down the stairs and get up too? The kids. And so it was like they would, if they could invade every space, they will invade every space. And I know what that feels like. And so as that was happening in my life for, for years, really the prayer of conversation became the way that I stayed connected to God. And it looked as simple as, you know, the kids really didn't care for me when I was hanging the washing on the line. That was boring. But it was seven minutes of solo time, me and the clothesline, and the monotony of just pegging clothes on the line. And I would pray the prayer of conversation. Here I am, God. You know, and then it would end because I, either the washing would end or I'd be interrupted. Or so when I'm washing up, it was prayer of conversation became like the bread and butter of those everyday things that I just found myself, okay, here's a moment. Here's, here's 90 seconds. Here's, you know, sitting at a red light. And I, the prayer of conversation was just like the little ticking overflow of my connection with God when nothing else was possible. There was no sense of long stretches of deep connection, no meditation or silent contemplation. No, like There was no space for any of that. But there was space to just tell God how it is for me in this moment of that day. And so that's how prayer, the prayer of conversation can just hold us as we journey through life, at different stages of life, as we become a friend of God. And I think about that, that verse that the Eternal spoke with Moses face to face just as a friend speaks to another friend. 
And I, and I, and I, I love that. I think if I was writing it about my life, I'd have to write it the other way, where I'd have to say, Carolyn spoke to the eternal, <laughs> um, just as a friend speaks to another friend. Because I, I haven't necessarily had that experience of God speaking to me like that as a friend, but I certainly have felt held and seen and known and loved as I have talked to God as a friend, as if we were face to face. And so my question for you this morning, because I know this, you know, you, you may already do this. This may be part of your prayer life. This may be the only part of your prayer life that you have capacity for at the moment. And that's okay. But I want to kind of just like ask, like ask yourself, is there, is there something going on in your world right now that it would be actually helpful to sometime this week have a conversation with God about, like a friend? Like, is there something you're walking through, something you're holding, something you're helping someone else with, something that's weighing on you, that's in you, that actually this week you could practice a prayer of conversation by simply just talking to God about it, like a friend. Like you're going to pick up the phone you're going to have a rant or a yarn or a chit-chat or a five-minute conversation and you're going to do it with God to let the overflow of what's going on in your life just come out. So the prayer of conversation has been, yeah, definitely like a faithful presence in my life over time. And it, and it carries me even now, like even though I've got a lot more time and I can, I have the capacity to pray in different ways. Just having that practice of just telling God how it is for me has really kind of been a safe sort of way of me feeling connected to God in friendship. But I also want to talk about um, prayer of silence or wordless prayer. And this is a, a very different kind of prayer. Um, it's in a way perhaps a much more intentional kind of prayer. It's, it's a practice of prayer that I think is, not, is definitely not as easy as the prayer of conversation. Like the prayer of conversation is familiar and easy and we're used to speaking and that becomes a thing. But prayer of silence is something that I was really probably never t- taught about. Like I'm thinking about my upbringing in church and even through my 20s, whenever we talked about prayer or I heard people preach on prayer, it was always word-filled prayer. Like it was always how to talk to God, how to petition God, how to intercede, how to do all those things. But no one ever really talked to me about the prayer of silence. And I probably became aware of it as I started to um, engage a bit more with contemplative spirituality and realize that actually the prayer of silence and the idea of silence as prayer is, is almost like a key feature of the contemplative world and has been a practice in our faith tradition for, for thousands of years. It's like that silence is actually one way of connecting with God, just simply one way. So let me again read you some verses and a poem Psalm 62.1 says, My soul waits in silence for God alone. Habakkuk 2 verse 20 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
And then this poem by Father Anthony Hughes says, Use few words or none when you pray. Imitate God as God speaks. When was the last time God spoke to you in soliloquies? When we learn a language, we do so by repetition. The language of heaven is silence. Imitate that. Repeat that. And I, um, I've, I've come to know, I think, the richness and the treasure that lies within the prayer of silence. Um, and there are different ways to practice silence as a form of prayer. Essentially, it's as simple, <laughs> it's as, simple um, as being like wordless before God or silent with God. And so I guess it's an intentional posture. So you would come to prayer, you would come to the idea of connection with God with the intent that you're not going to speak but you're going to to come to God in silence. And so it's not like, oh, I just haven't listened to anything today and I've been silent. It's like more of an intentional kind of idea that you would practice silence. And like so I guess traditionally centering prayer um, has been one kind of form of, of silent prayer. And we, we've practiced this a little bit in our contemplative service. Centering prayer would be when you have a word um, that you choose, like a holy word. It might be love, it could be God, it might be Yahweh, it might be mercy, it could be anything. And you essentially keep that as your centering word. Because if you're going to practice silence, what you'll discover quickly is your, your mind is just going to so you, every time you find your mind like bouncing around, you just come back to your, your word. You might end up saying that word once a second. <laughs> you might, you know, but that's okay. So the idea is just like to center yourself in silence and use a word to bring that sense of, of stillness and silence. Um, and there are other forms of silent prayer, like silent meditation or just, just sitting still and silent and but it's a kind of, I find that the prayer of silence is like a, it's a different kind of choosing to draw near to God. Um, it's like wanting to draw near to God in silence. It's like recognising what that poem kind of holds is this idea that, you know, I don't know how you feel about that statement that the language of heaven is silence or imitate God as God speaks and but I actually am familiar with the silence of God. I don't know if you are. Um, I certainly am more familiar with God being silent than God being wordy. But instead, of, I have learned not to see that as a negative anymore, but to actually see that as a richness. And so I can draw near to God in silence and, and be with God in silence. And so silence has long been understood as a way to to take us beyond ourselves. So it's a kind of prayer that takes us beyond ourselves and towards God. Because when we're praying, like I would say, when we're praying conversationally, it's a prayer of like fully bringing ourselves to God. But the prayer of silence can actually take us beyond ourselves and into God. Um, The idea that 
silence moves us beyond noise and into holy mystery. That the goal of silence is to draw us from the noise or the chaos or the busyness of life and it's kind of like a, a waypoint into holy mystery. Like our goal is to dwell and to connect with that mysterious beyondness of God and silence is a path to take us there. But I do want to say this about silence, that silence is hard for everyone but especially hard for um, for people, some people. Certainly if, you, if your brain is wired differently, um, silence can be impossible and also if you have experienced trauma at different times in your life silence can actually be um, damaging because there can be a it can be unhelpful that when you enter silence if a lot of negativity is rising up in you when you enter into silence and it becomes an unsafe place for you, then I would say silence is not something for you to practice at this point in time. And certainly if you have an experience, if you, if you have ADHD or if you have different kinds of neurodivergence, silence might actually be incredibly useless and that's not kind of for you so I don't want to want you to I don't want you to hear me say that silence is some kind of like golden pathway to God and you must try it because it actually may not work for the way that God has built you to be so if that's you and you like man when I try silence I'm like I that is really not good because it brings up stuff or it's just not the way my brain can work my question to you would be what is it that takes you towards holy mystery so discover what that is that moves you from noise. If silence isn't the waypoint for you, figure out what moves you from noise into holy mystery. It might be something more active. It might be something more creative. I don't know what it would be, but I would be encouraging you to explore that. So put, if that's you, put silence in the nar box and find the thing that takes you towards holy mystery. But for those of us who, who can um, play with silence, I think it's a, a sure pathway into some of the depths of God. And it's a tried and well-worn pathway by those who have come before us that they would recognise silence as a way to engage God. Beatrice Bruto writes, The practice of silence forces us to deeper levels of reality. Deprived of distraction, we must either panic or come to a new kind of authenticity. And this is why silence is hard, because we as human beings naturally do all kinds of things to keep us quite distracted, I think, from the deeper stuff of life. But if we're choosing to put those distractions to the side, then it's actually an experience of standing, what you could say, like standing naked before God. It's a very vulnerable thing to practice silence because all of the things that we naturally do to sometimes keep ourselves okay are ceased. And what is, which is the real in us, which might be pain, might be frustration, could be anger, could be loss, could be all kinds of things, it, it's then allowed to be 
in the presence of God. But that's an uncomfortable thing. And so silence, I think, is for the brave because it's a practice of really standing undefended before God. If you would imagine, I, I heard someone describe silence like this recently and I thought it was a brilliant metaphor. So if you imagine that your life is like a series of people marching in step. So if you can, I, try, I really tried hard to find this as a meme because I thought surely someone's got this as a meme, but I am either technologically inept, which is true, or no one has made this meme. Someone can feel free to make it. Like, so a series of people walking like in you know, step with one another. Silence is like the first person stopping and everybody up the line bumping into one another. Like that's what silence can feel like because your life is marching in step and everything's going like as it should and you're doing all the things that keep things ticking along and when you practice silence it's like and it can feel like actually quite, this is hard. I remember when I first um, practiced silence and this, I, I want to say this about silence too. I actually felt invited by God into silence. So I didn't try silence out of faithfulness or, or obedience. Oh, no, it was probably an obedient thing. What am I trying to say? I didn't try silence because I thought it was a good idea. I tried silence because I actually felt this kind of drawing towards it, like an invitation from God. I felt God invite me into silence. I felt God kind of saying that this, like saying inviting me towards it as a practice and I I went on a retreat probably about 12 years ago and as part of that retreat we did 12 hours of silence now that sounds terrible but it and it was but I don't mean like (laughs) I don't mean I sat on a chair for 12 hours I just mean like we were in a retreat space there was lots of outdoor room you could do whatever you wanted you just weren't going to talk we actually ate a meal in silence so like it was that kind of silence I, when I did this, honestly, it felt like my brain was a monkey on ice. Like, and I knew it was coming. I knew that we were going to have a period of silence. So I'd, I'd equipped myself with like colouring in and my walking shoes. And I was like, I was going to tackle this silence with the, with, because I felt invited into it. I thought, yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to do this. And I equipped myself to like succeed at silence. Well, I, there is no success or failure, but it was horrible. Like I felt, like so I did some colouring in for a while and then I looked at my watch and like 20 minutes had gone by <laughs> and then I like went for a walk and I came back and another hour had gone by and I still have 10 hours and 40 minutes. You know, like it was like, it was like time stood still and like I just thought, I'm never going to survive this. Like it was so hard. I was bored. I was agitated. I was lost and frenetic. Like it was actually really difficult. And I don't know that I got anything out of it other than it was, I just practiced it. The next time I did some silence, it was like a little bit easier. And, you know, 12 years on from that, I would say I'm not an excellent silence, silent prayer practicer, but I'm far more comfortable with the idea now than I was 12 years ago. So it's like being a, a thing that's grown in me to the point where the way I engage God in silence feels rich and full and like he is present 
in silence, whereas before I always saw silence as a kind of absence. I want to read this traditional Japanese poem to you because it, this is, it kind of expresses the idea of what silence has become. Thirty spokes meet in the hub, though the space between them is the essence of the wheel. Pots are formed from clay, though the space inside them is the essence of the pot. Walls with windows and doors form the house, though the space within them is the essence of the home. And I think what I've come to realise about the prayer of silence is that silence before definitely used to be the absence, it used to be a lack, it used to be a nothingness. Um, the idea of God being silent used to um, probably rise up a significant amount of frustration and anger in me towards God. And yet now, silence has become the sound that fills all things. So silence has become the presence in between everything. So the idea of there being no noise for me is not a lack. It's now like a fullness. There's a fullness in the silence, whereas before there used to be an absence. And so I'm coming, I guess, to see the idea of silent prayer as an idea of a connection with the sound that fills all things, all spaces in between. And in that same way, connecting with the God who fills all things in every way. That God is the fullness in all things. That yes, God is present in the noise and the busyness and he carries me in everything, but there is a richness of God that's present in the space in between where the silence dwells. And so I, I have, you know, the, a prayer of silence that I practice just as part of my, my, my spiritual life. I don't do it every day. I often find silence easier to practice when I'm not just sitting still. So I think if you, there is like a, a you know, centering prayer or the idea of like a sit and sitting in silence and bringing yourself to God in a kind of traditional seated stance of silence is wonderful. But I do find that harder. And so I will often just choose to go for a walk and to do it in silence. So rather than, it's so easy to just put a podcast on and go for a walk, that's really comfortable, I like doing that. But to take the intention of, okay, I'm not gonna do that on this walk. I'm gonna walk and I'm gonna walk with silence. I mean, it's not the absence of noise because I'm walking in my neighborhood and there are dogs and cars and people and birds. So it's not like silence, but it's a kind of silence for me, a kind of drawing near and sometimes, it feels good and I notice things I wouldn't notice and I feel connected to God in that silence and other times it feels boring and I wish I'd listened to something. So it's not like a magic pill to holy mystery. It's hard and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. What I found is um, sometimes I'll go, I recently went on a bushwalk um, and I did it in silence and it was a deeper form of silence because it was more isolated 
And what I found was that there was a real connection between the prayer of silence and the prayer of conversation and they became like companions for me on this walk because I, I was walking and I was silent and as I was silent there was things that were coming up in me that I hadn't paid attention to. And so then I would just tell God about them. Might take 10 seconds, might have taken a minute and I would just be like, this thing comes up I converse with God about it. And then I would lapse again into silence and walk for another five, ten minutes, just being, just being, just walking and being. And something else would come up and I would tell God about it. And then I would lapse back into silence. And it was like this idea of the prayer of silence and the prayer of conversation just joining each other in partnership as I brought myself to God. And God and I went for a walk that day but it's not like it was, it, was a, it was a mix of things. And I found that to kind of be a really beautiful expression of prayer. And so I want to ask you another question. And actually, what we're going to do to finish is, um, Becca's just going to play a song for us. And I'd like us to finish by just, I want to give you a little bit of space to just sit and listen to the words of the song so it's not going to be silent. Um, I did think we could practice some silence, but... I, I've, I've taken a song as the other way. Um, but I want, I want to ask you, like, I wonder, well, or first I want to ask you, do you feel invited towards silence? Because maybe you do, maybe you don't. But just consider yourself, consider God and consider, is there an invitation, is there an invitation from God drawing me towards the practice of silence more in my life? And then you can answer that question. But then the, the second thing I want to ask you is like, is there a time this week that you could give silence a go as prayer? That you could just give it a go? It doesn't have to be sitting in silence. Maybe it could be a walk that you know you're going to go on this week and instead of doing it with a friend or doing it with a podcast, you could just do it with yourself and God. Is there a different time you'd like to actually sit and practice silence or perhaps if you are one of those people that you actually know silence is not going to be good for me I want you to think about as Becca plays this song like what is it that draws you towards holy mystery what is it for you what are the things that take you beyond yourself and beyond noise and beyond the chaos of life and they actually help you go towards God and to the vastness of his goodness and his mercy. Like what are those things and how might you choose to practice those things as an intentional form of prayer? And so I'm going I'm to pray to finish and then Becca will lead us in this song and I just want to give you the chance to just sit and to be and to think and to pray and to consider God and yourself. And so God, we thank you that you are the God of both conversation and silence. That you are the God that is present in all things, who fills all things, who holds all things, even us. And God, as we consider ourselves and our connection to you this morning, would you carry us towards 
what we need in order to feel connected to you. God, if we need more prayer of conversation, would you help us to practice that in the stolen moments of the day? And God, if you are inviting us towards the practice of the prayer of silence, then would we sense your Holy Spirit wooing us towards the treasure and the fullness of silence. And God, we just say we want to know you. We want to feel connected to you. We want to know your intimacy with us. And so journey with us, God of grace, as we grow ever deeper in you.
Thank you, God, that you are present in the noise, in conversation, in dialogue, and in silence in all moments. You are there. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. Ha, ha, ha.